Hello, friends and church leaders. We want to welcome you to another episode of the Effective Church Leaders Podcast, where we try to offer practical advice and insights that will really help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive. I'm your host, Carrie Holton. I'm joined by my co-host, Becky Holton. Okay, babe, do you remember the question that I asked you about a month ago? I know you do. <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know how you would answer that question. It was, where are we going to dinner tonight? Isn't that the one? That was not the question. <laughs> of course, I remember that question. We're having dinner at home tonight, babe. <sighs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so do you remember the question I asked you? Yes, I do. I recall. <laughs> very, very quick to the surface because this has been an ongoing conversation really we've had for many years and I recall quite a few lively conversations that that we've had about this conversation and this decision that's what we're talking about and these lively conversations we've had in the past that's for sure we have you know I mentioned that we had moved a lot in our local church ministry career you remember that yes and I'm wondering if we moved too soon from certain places. So the question I ask you for the sake of our listeners who may not have heard it, the question I asked you was this. Do you think there was ever a time when we moved from certain places before we should have? Should we have stayed longer with some churches than we did? Well, like I said, we have talked. You took a deep, deep breath there. I honey. did. <laughs> I kind of feel like I need to be on oxygen right now, actually, <laughs> because you and I have talked about this many, many times uh, through the years, and at times we've disagreed about it. You've yes. been wrong, but we've talked. Oh yes, I'm always wrong. <laughs> no, you're not. Uh, but we, you know, um, I think it's actually very normal that we've disagreed about it because we come from different perspectives sure. on this decision. Sure. Okay, well then, uh, tell me your thoughts on that question, and then I'll tell you mine. How's that? Okay, I, you know, and I, I, we're laughing about it and cutting up, but it's because it's such a hard decision. When we've had these conversations about, should we move? Is it time for us to go? Should we stay longer? Um, we, we just have um, had, it's just a hard decisions. And I think, you know, there may have been times that we moved too soon. And I think there were times that we might have stayed a little too long. Sometimes you and I differed on the timing of moving and those things. And, and like I said, I think that's normal because that has helped balance our perspective if we had a difference of opinion on it. What I do know is that we prayed so much on all of these decisions. It, they never were knee-jerk. They never were made overnight. There was always prayer, lots of prayer, talking with people that knew us, mentors, people that we trusted. We talked with them, experienced people in ministry, and we tried very, very hard to follow God's leading in this. So, you know, they were hard decisions. So you would say there, you think there may be times when we left too soon and maybe times when we stayed too long. Right. Okay. I think that's right. a good answer. And, but and overall, I, I like your answer. Yeah. But overall, we really prayed and we really tried to do what we felt like God was asking us to do. Yes. And that's not always easy to determine either. No, no, it's not. Well, okay. Here's my answer to that question. I, I really have mixed feelings. <laughs> we both are in the same we, spot. We both are in yeah. the same spot. I, I can think of some churches where if we had stayed, I think I could have grown more. And, and you know, I'm thinking of James chapter 1, for example, where James says that trials and hardships 
produce character. Well, sometimes I wonder, or I have wondered, if I have short-circuited that growth process by leaving a church too soon. There may have been a couple of churches where we serve that now I wonder if we should have stayed longer. And when I think of the reasons that I decided we should leave those churches, well, now those reasons seem, well, somewhat fairly shaky, a little bit anemic. I mean, I'm not beating myself over the head because of those decisions, because I think you're right. We look back and we see God's leading. Well, and you can always second guess yourself in the rearview mirror. Yes. And there's a lot of that, I think, that happens when we start doing the retrospective should and shouldn't stuff. Yes. Uh, but wouldn't you agree that, uh, that maybe we should stay in a place because it builds our character, it makes us more productive, it develops our maturity? Uh, I think that might be one reason to stay in a place longer than we expect to stay. Uh, but I do agree with what you said, that we, we prayed we prayed a lot about those moves. The Lord knows we did. We asked him for wisdom. And, you know, you if you ask for wisdom, according to Scripture, you have to trust that he's going to give it to you. So, like I said, I've got mixed feelings on this subject. Right. And, you, you know, when you pray and you fall on your knees and you beg God for wisdom, you have to trust that he is leading you. Uh, even if you don't see the clear path, or why pray? That's right. kind of the perspective I've had. And the truth is, is that we can serve the Lord, you know, just in a number of ways in a number of places. True. And I wouldn't go out on a limb to say that it was the Lord's will for us to stay or move. We could have served him well by staying. We could have served him well by leaving. I think there are times God may not be particularly invested in our address, but invested in if we're serving and growing. Good. In fact, I would say that deciding to leave a church where we served um, was a good thing. Um, sometimes I think that was a good thing, not for us, but good for the church, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about that. You know, sometimes it does help a church for you to leave. They might need some fresh air to come in. They might need someone with new ideas. They might need someone, a new minister that would come in to They help. might need someone with a different skill set than what yes, you have. Yes, absolutely. The church may have grown to a point that they need something that you don't have mm-hmm. any that they're needing now. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes it really does help a church um, for you to leave because it may trigger a sequence of events that needs an atten- needs desperate attention that will only receive the attention if the minister leaves. Good point. So I think, you know, we were laughing that maybe they do need us to go sometimes, um, but it could be because they need somebody else or they need to deal with some things that are brought to the surface and highlighted in a minister's absence. Well, now that you bring that up, the truth of the matter is that I think the Lord may have used us more in some cases by moving than by staying. There's one particular place I think that uh, that most certainly happened, which was a kind of, it was a hard move at the time. It was kind of painful, but looking back, I think that that's how God used us was to, to move so that um, leadership especially could deal with some really big issues that were brought to surface and brought to life without us being there. It's a little bit of a slap in the face to think that the church might be better off by our leaving than staying. (laughs) But I get your point. 
that yeah. in God's great plan and God's great scheme, it might be better for a church, for a minister and his family to leave than to stay. Yeah. And I know we'll come back around to this in a little bit, but that's where you know um, if you're, you have to keep your ego in check because it's not about us and it's, um, it's about the Lord's work. That's why ministers are in this work, this type of service. And if it's better for you not to be there, then, and it will help the kingdom to flourish, then pack your bags. You know, that's what matters. And if our egos get in the way of the kingdom growth, and we've, we've got some issues we need to deal with ourselves. Very good thoughts. But why don't we leave the realm of personal experience, because this is making me sweat. Let's please do. (laughs) And offer some suggestions for ministers and other church leaders who may be wondering if it's time to move from where they're presently serving. Good idea. Okay, when is it not a good time to move? We want to offer some suggestions. Number one. You want a drum roll here? I I should have one. Go for it. (laughs) When you are frustrated that church growth has plateaued. Hmm, okay. I think that is not a good time to move. And by the way, hon, I, I can speak for every gospel preacher on the planet. Every one of us has had the Monday morning blues. I well remember those Mondays. Yeah. We all had the Monday morning blues when we thought to ourselves, okay, that sermon on Sunday did not go over very well. We heard from some of our critics. It seems like the church is just kind of treading water, not making any progress. You know, I, I, <laughs> I think there are definitely times when preachers get frustrated. Believe it or not, there are times when ministers get frustrated and they think, well, you know, maybe I'm not contributing much to the growth of the church here. Uh, we're not making much progress. Maybe, maybe I need to move on. And what, what we're saying is that is not a good time to move. It's when you feel frustrated that the church has plateaued and that you're not contributing because the truth of the matter is what churches go through growth cycles, right? Right. That's true. And I, I would even say that, you know, I experience those Monday morning blues as well. And when you're a ministry couple and you're working together, it's just Mondays. You're, first of all, you have a high level of exhaustion mm-hmm. and that's never a good day to make a decision. Very good. And, um, you know, you you may have felt like things went a little bit better, but I got slammed in another way or vice versa. You know, there's just that that is really hard on Monday morning sometimes. But your point is good. Churches go through growth cycles and there are months and years when signs of growth are everywhere. And then there are those seasons when it seems like the church is just stagnant and um and that is a ticklish time, I think, about deciding whether or not to move. You know, you remind me of that passage in Second Timothy chapter 4 where Paul instructs Timothy to preach the word and be in, instant, in season and out of season. In, in other words, there are, there are seasons when, when preaching is in season and it's good and it contributes to growth, and then there are seasons when Nobody wants to listen. Right, right. And I think that's a I think that's a good comment on what what you said about growth cycles in the church. Right, and it's real. It's really difficult to be a minister and preaching out of season. Right. But 
you I mean that's just part of that growth cycle and I really think it's important too to remember it's God that gives the growth you know we plant and we water we but we're not responsible for the increase only planting we are only responsible for watering and planting the seed that's from 1 Corinthians 3 so we have to do diligence we have to be planting we have to be watering but there's just times that churches are not going to grow well and that is just part of the life cycle of that church. You know, my guess is there are a lot of preachers, honey, who really don't believe First Corinthians chapter three. Of course, that shouldn't surprise us because I think there are a lot of passages that a lot of us just have a hard time believing. Right. But what I mean by that is that I think conscientious preachers feel like that they are somewhat responsible for the growth of the church. In fact, I want our preachers to feel somewhat responsible for the growth of the church. Sure. It will help them to do an effective job. But it's anti-cultural. What do you mean? Uh, because we're all about the bottom line. You know, we're all about you're only a success if things are growing. And right. we and we sometimes don't have the met- metrics to measure growth, but oftentimes that is just a cycle. I mean, look at the growth cycle for kids. You can you can pivot it. You can see those pinpoint places, the terrible twos, you know, all of those places where they're just hard to raise kids and they're not doing very good. And you're just snatching your, your hand, you know, handfuls of hair out, but it's because of the developmental cycle that they're going through. And I think churches go through that too. And where they go through cycles, they're not doing very well. And um, that is part of the out of season time for preachers to persevere. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I, th- I think what we're saying is that ministers can take too much responsibility for the growth of the church. Right. I mean, that is God's department. Right. I mean, none of us really makes the church grow. That's God's department. On the other hand, we want our preachers and ministers to feel like that they need to do the best job they can do. Uh, we want them to feel like that they are partly respond partners with God in the growth of the church. Let's say it that way. And I think there's a there's a little distinction to be made on this first point that you brought that you've brought up is it's not a good time to move when you're frustrated that the church is plateaued. Right. Because there are times that you may need you don't have the skill set that's needed, like we mentioned earlier, and there needs to be someone else that comes in. There's other times that we can do the blame game and have a throwdown fit and blame the church and we're just going to move on because something they're not doing something. It's a it's a really important time of discernment to say where are we? What is happening? What needs to be going? What needs to to be provided? Am I that person or is this a time of perseverance? Because it's all spiritual warfare. And on the other hand, honey, it's too easy for us to blame the preacher or the minister for the lack of growth in the church, too. That's true. So church leaders need to think about that. Don't you? Know, we don't want ministers who blame the church for not growing, but neither do we want church leaders who who blame the ministers all the time for not growing. Mm-hmm. I guess what, we better wrap this up. I guess what we're saying is this is one good reason. This is a good time when ministers should not think about moving. It's when, when they think, well, the church is plateaued, it's not going anywhere, and it's my fault. Right. It's just a, it's a really important time of discernment and Good. prayer and trying to discover what is the purpose, what's the ra- rationale for the plateau. Good. Okay. Why don't you take us on to number two? I will. Another, another time when it may not be a good time to move is when a problem person is making you miserable. Now, we've all been there, haven't we? I don't have that one. I cut that out of my script. <laughs> <laughs> problem people are real. Aren't they? 
Oh, yes. And, and there will be critics. I mean, there will be critics. But what we're saying here is that church leaders must not let those problem people to have greater influence in their lives than the vast majority of supporters and friends. And that can happen very easily. Yes. And I think, too, going back to James 1, uh, an, uh, another passage, that a problem person can also help a church leader to grow spiritually. Mm-hmm. You know, often they can be like looking in a mirror and seeing ourselves as we really are. They may point out things in us that we have not been able to see. That's hard, but that's how we grow. It's according to scripture. That's how we see physical things that need some attention. And sometimes critics or people that are difficult to work with can be the mirror for us. But um, there are experiences uh, that go beyond what we're talking about. And you and I have experienced this where a church leader was lying about us and he was intentionally trying to hurt our reputation because of ego and a competitive spirit. And it was very destructive. And that is different to me. This is not about a critic who is saying some things in an, with trying to help or seeing a better way things can be done. Of course, we're not talking about badgering and intimidation and all that stuff. We're talking about those people that are the, the, in the long run will help us grow. But there are other experiences that will require a different response sure. where there is an intention to demoralize or destroy okay. the minister and his family. I guess, I guess there might be levels of miserability. <laughs> to make yes, up a word. Yes. Well, I mean, the church is a hospital. So we're not all going to play nice all the time, including the minister and his family. Mm-hmm. So I think that it behooves us to look at the level and the intensity and what's actually happening and the effect. And we're not saying that you never respond and you just take it all in. But we, we are saying that Scripture reminds us that the critic can help us grow mm-hmm. if we will listen and have a humble spirit. Very good. But there are other types of criticisms and critics that can be demoralizing. That requires a different response. Okay. Okay. Let me go to number three. How's okay. that? When more money is offered elsewhere that may not be a good time to move. Now, we've all heard ministers who thought it was God's will for them to move when actually they thought they would be moving to greener pastures. So they determined that just because they were offered more money somewhere else, it must be God's will for them to go. Greener pastures, right? You know what makes pastures greener? Oh, my. (laughs) Never mind. That's not in the script either. Where would you come up with that? I don't know, but... (laughs) I, those pasture, those pastures that we're talking about on the other side are not always greener. In fact, you may just be exchanging one set of problems for another. Exactly. So exactly, and I think we should also say just here uh, as well that sometimes a minister and his family do need to move in order to pay the family bills. Yes. Uh, I mean, the needs of the family must come first. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Okay. And churches have in days past not paid their ministers very well. Now, I think that has changed today. I think for the most part, churches do pay their ministers well today. But, you know, there was a time when churches paid their ministers in chickens and dozens of eggs. Right. I'm thankful we didn't work during that time. Right. But, you know, we have served in places years gone by uh, where we really had a hard time making ends meet. We were 
we were getting in debt, really. Okay. And we were not living extravagantly, of course. And all it took was for a sickness or a hospitalization, and we were in trouble. That's, you know, what that's not what we're talking about. Right, right. I think what we're saying is that moving for money alone is not a legitimate reason to move. It mm-hmm. kind of smacks of a mercenary spirit. And, you know, preaching for pay primarily is destructive Certainly. for the church, mm-hmm. for the minister and his family, or even staying because of money when effectiveness has long since been gone. That's a good point. Money should not be the prime a no, determining factor. No. Whether you stay or move. And I do think churches are doing so much better in that department than they have in years gone by. But, you know, and I wonder how your parents were in ministry with one income earner and five little munchkins. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how they did it. Um, so I think that those days are better. Uh, we, we've come to a better place, which can have a flip side, too which we'll talk about at another time. Okay. But the mercenary spirit's what we're talking about. Right. What do you see as... We want to avoid that mercenary spirit in the church. Okay. What do you see as number four reason for good reasons not to move? I I think another good reason not to consider moving is when you feel you've been wronged or hurt by someone. Now, uh, many, I think, would say that this was probably the reason they may have moved in the past. I mean, someone hurt them, someone wronged them, and so they they felt they needed to move. And, you know, the truth is no one likes to be around abuse, that's for sure. But I want to say just here that pain is not always a sign that ministry has failed. And think about the Apostle Paul with me and all of the pain that he endured. And yet his ministry flourished even in the midst of suffering and persecution. So I don't think that's a good t- I don't think that's always a good time to move or a good reason to move is when you've been hurt. In fact, I w- I think it's inevitable that a church will bring pain to a minister. And what I mean by that, honey, is that what is the church? The church is made up of people. People who are imperfect, people who are sinners. I mean, the church is full of sinners, including the minister and his family. Including the yeah. minister and his family. So it's it's unreasonable to to, to not expect pain sometimes to be experienced, uh, f- pain from the church that, that the minister and his family experience. I mean, it's unreasonable to think that. So it's just inevitable that ministers are going to feel some pain, and that is not always a good time to think about, well, I'm, I need to move now. Yeah, I think this one has personally been hard for me through the years. I've had to thicken my skin a lot um, because when I felt people were intentionally inflicting pain on you or on our children, things that were said, I I was ready to start loading the U-Haul at that point, but that's not productive to do that because all of those feelings, those hurt feelings, the bitterness, all of that, it just goes right on the U-Haul too, and it just goes right along with you. Good point. So it's better to stay and work it out if possible, and to remember to give as much grace as we've been given, but but that's hard. You know, it's very, it's very difficult. Um, and I think we might ought to also mention that sometimes pain can be self-inflicted. Oh. But... That well, might be now, for another podcast. That's a great thought right oh, there. Oh, put the lid back on that can. <laughs> pain can sometimes be self-inflicted. Preachers can bring on their own pain. 
Yes, they can. Oh, I'm afraid you're right about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they can. Okay. But I think it's probably time that we wrap this up. Let's do quickly. Um, and and in our next podcast, we want to talk about when it is a good time to move. We've talked today about time. You know, when it's not a good time to move, but there are reasons that we should move in the future, and we'll talk about that in our next podcast. But before we end, do you have any closing thoughts, hun? You know I do. I know you do. Well, you know, I, I think ministers need to need to reconsider this. It's not always a good time to think about moving when the church growth has plateaued. Right. Don't take too much responsibility for that. It's not always uh, a good time to think about moving when, when some problem person is making you feel miserable or when more money is offered elsewhere or when you feel wronged or hurt. And I think what we are really saying in this podcast is, uh, please, please give the long haul your best efforts. Right. I mean, plan to stay at a place for a long period of time. There is value in ministry longevity. Be slow to consider moving away. That doesn't mean that there's never a time when you should not move away. I mean, there. we'll talk about this, as you said, in our next podcast. But I think in this podcast, we're just trying to say, uh, don't be quick to move away. Right. Well, I think the word you use, consider, discern, we're encouraging no knee-jerk reactions. Good. To think through it, be very um, reflective, prayerful as you think through it. And um, now, even as we look back, I think we may do a little second-guessing, but we know in our hearts, that we thought through it, we prayed through it, we had counsel. We still wonder, but that's in God's hands on those places. So again, uh, we just want to thank you listeners for tuning in every week to hear these podcasts. And thank you for your feedback. We are honored by your presence and your input. And we really do appreciate you giving us some time out of your week. So please tell your friends and church leaders about the Effective Church Leaders podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive. 